Man, oh man, do we have a lot to get to today. Kentucky basketball wraps up their regular season with a victory over the Florida Gators. The SEC men's basketball tournament bracket has been set, and the Wildcats have a pretty decent draw. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky. Your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we've got so much to talk about. It's a jam-packed show here for you guys today. Going to talk about Kentucky's victory over the Florida Gators. Going to talk about the SEC tournament bracket. We're going to talk about the Kentucky women's basketball team winning the SEC uh, tournament outright. I almost said the regular season title. Certainly not the case, but winning the tournament outright victory over South Carolina in the title game sealed that one going to talk about that later on in the show there's so much going on in the Kentucky sphere that we've had to save some of it for tomorrow I know Sky Clark uh, just decommitted from the Wildcats we're going to talk about how that's really not much of an issue we're going to break that down on tomorrow's show but before we get into right here Kentucky versus Florida I want to tell you guys that today's episode of Locked on Kentucky is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups that you choose. You can sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. Kentucky versus Florida recap. Uh, it's a solid win. Kentucky covered the uh, minus four spread that uh, Bet Online had uh, had provided to us. Kentucky just a very solid win on the road. I don't think that they trailed in this game. Might be wrong, but it was one of those games where Kentucky every single time Florida made a push. The Wildcats had a response, and you saw in the first half immediately something that we noted on the preview podcast of this game last Friday. We noted that there was not a lot of transition game. For either of these teams in the first matchup, and I said that I would like to see and I expected to see Kentucky push the pace a little bit more. See if they can make Florida a little uncomfortable and see if they can get some buckets getting out and running. And they did that. Florida also did that as well, though. Kentucky had 13 points in transition. Florida had 14 points in transition. So both of these teams, while it was still a slower game in terms of pace, and it certainly was that uh, for about the last, what, 12 minutes of the, of the second half, there was more pace than there was in the, in the, in the first game. It was a little, bit more, a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more energy, uh, but still a little bit more of a defensive affair than I expected. I expected Kentucky to score 79 points. That was my final score prediction, 79-71. 71-63, though, in favor of the Wildcats. Some notes here from the game. Severe Wheeler has been shooting really well as of late, especially from three. I believe he was one of three from three in this game, but he knocked down the first one that he took. He's shooting really well as of late. And that's what you need from your guards as the postseason is officially upon us. It's crazy uh, to, th- to think about how quickly this season went by. Uh, Severe Wheeler playing very well for the Wildcats defensively and offensively. Going to need our guards to play uh, efficient uh, minutes here 
as uh, as games get much much more important uh, over these next couple of weeks. Both teams really did push the pace more in the first half than the second. And I talked about Severe Wheeler shooting uh, comfortably. I also noted that he looked more under control than usual, both getting to the rack himself and then also being that assist man, obviously one of the best assist men in the entire SEC, just looked under control uh, with his dribble. Again, getting into the lane whenever things didn't work out and he did not panic, he made the right decision most times. I was really impressed with the way that Wheeler looked composed and looked like a veteran guard out there, um, excited what he could do if he returns to the team uh, next season. And, and, and again, Sky Clark decommitting uh, from the Wildcats would give you reason to think that Wheeler uh, may potentially may want to give it another go with John Calipari and the squad. Florida was down by 12 at the half uh, of this game, and then they immediately cut it to seven to open the second half. Kentucky did not do a good job of controlling the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. I know that in football, there's this term uh, referred to as the middle eight, and so that's essentially what, what it is, is the, fir- the last four minutes of the first half and then the f- first four minutes of the second half. It's the middle eight minutes of the game and I think you could apply the same thing to college basketball how do you finish halves and how do you start them statistically it's interesting to watch how basketball teams flow after adjustments have been made at the half and Kentucky didn't do a great job of controlling the middle eight uh, in this matchup but Oscar Shibwe I mean, honestly, I feel like everything that has been said or that needs to be said about Oscar Shibwe has already been said. Incredibly dominant in this game uh, offensively. Also, defensively, had a pair of blocks, had three steals. uh, Something that a lot of people I don't think realize, and I I know that ESPN and CBS have noted this recently, but not only is Shibwe a dominant force on the glass and scoring, defensively, he leads the team in steals. I mean, he literally is doing everything for this Wildcats team. He's scoring, he's rebounding, and he's playing solid defense. What more could you want from a potential National Player of the Year candidate, which, by the way, he is a finalist uh, for the Wooden Award. Incredibly dominant in this game, had 27 points and 15 rebounds. Just every single time Florida wanted to make a run, cut it to eight, cut it to seven, there was Oscar Shibwe. Kentucky would run down the floor and they would either get the ball to him quick or they would work a set and then they they would eventually find him uh, inside the paint. He would just do what he has always done this season. Uh, really impressed with what I saw uh, from Oscar Shibway. Colin Castleton, I said Kentucky had to contain him a little bit in order to like have a surefire win in this one. And Castleton did have a successful day, had a double-double uh, himself, 23 points, 11 rebounds. Um, you would have liked to have seen Kentucky play a little bit better against Castleton, but whenever you go up against a player like him and you, you're a little undersized in the front court like Kentucky is and your backup guys are, are incredibly inexperienced, I mean, you, you come to expect what we had, which was Colin Castleton playing really well offensively. Keon Brooks, by the way, barely played in this game. Uh, I believe he played 14 minutes in this matchup, and it wasn't because uh, he was in foul trouble. Jacob Toppin just... Played a lot uh, for the Wildcats. Played 26 minutes. Was like one of four from the floor. Had seven rebounds as well. Uh, Just something interesting I noted. A lot of people have been really upset with Keon recently. And I've been upset with him at different times too this season. But I don't think that it's worth getting on to him and criticizing him so aggressively as some fans have. 
considering that he does consistently give you that three of seven, that four of seven shooting. He gives you the rebound. He gets you a steal. I don't think that Keon is the reason that Kentucky is losing games at points or is the reason that Kentucky has lost games in the past. I mean, obviously, you look at that Arkansas game and the, and the foul call on Brooks at the very end of the game was was obviously costly, but I'm not as critical of Keon Brooks as some people out there are, and I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying that it's not the end of the world with how Keon Brooks is playing. You would like to see him play better. You want to see every single aspect of this team performing to the high, their highest ability as we get closer to March Madness, but it's not, I don't think it's panic time with Keon Brooks is what I'm trying to say. Florida made a surge late, but again, like I mentioned, it just simply wasn't enough. Every single time the Gators wanted to make a run, uh, Kentucky was right there with Shebway. And I noted in the preview podcast that I thought Kentucky was going to let Florida take more three-point shots in this game because they've proven this season that they can't shoot the three, and they actually shot less threes than they did on the road at Up Arena. They shot 22, I believe, uh, at Kentucky, and they shot 20 uh, just the other day against the Wildcats. Three of 20 uh, was what the Gators were. That's good for 15% from three. Kentucky shot 50.9% from the field, also out-rebounded the Gators 35-33. to 33. Thought that would be uh, a much larger margin in Kentucky's favor given how the first uh, outing went, but very close there in terms of rebounding margin. Kentucky had more assists, had more steals, had more blocks, only had one more turnover, but had four more points off of turnovers. They had four less fouls, did a really good job of playing defense without fouling. Uh, both teams got out in transition and scored a little bit, uh, and then Kentucky uh did not do themselves any favors from the free throw line, 11 of 16 uh, from the foul line, and then also did not shoot well from three. They were shooting really, really well in the first half uh, from both three-point land and uh, from two-point territory. Uh, but the Wildcats finished four of 14 um, from three. Would like to see the efficiency there uh, go, uh, go up a little bit. Although I will note about this offense real, really quickly here, and then we'll move on. Uh, Kentucky leads the SEC in scoring, field goal percentage, and three-point percentage. And I believe they also lead in assists per game, but I'm, that might be Tennessee. I'm, I'm sure the Wildcats are up there in that category as well. But this has been a phenomenal offense for the Wildcats this season. I know that we can nitpick certain things, and we can get on to Keon Brooks about his game, and we can get on to Severe, Severe Wheeler about these different things. And I'm not saying that we, as in like I'm just classifying everybody out there that's listening to this, I'm also talking about myself here. Like We can make criticisms and we can we can nitpick different things about this offense, but at the end of the day, end of the day, not only is it one of the most efficient offenses in the country, it's the third best according to Ken Palm, but it's so much better than the product that we put out last season. I mean, you've got to be grateful for the the product that Kentucky has put out on the floor. And I'm not saying all of you out there listening are uh, they, that you aren't grateful. Uh, for this offense, I'm just saying I think some people that may have an issue with some of the things going on. With the, with the offense, with the rotation, different things like that. Let's just be grateful that the team is operating the way that they are right now, scoring over 80 a game. And this is not, this is not to say, let's not criticize Kellen Grady not taking enough shots, or let's not criticize Keon Brooks and his shot selection. I'm just saying that we can't be so aggressive over the, some of the things that we complain about because we're getting, getting to witness a really, really good offense. That's all I have to say about that. 
All right, before we move on to the SEC tournament and talking a little bit about the bracket, we're not going to predict it today. We're going to try and predict it tomorrow. Before we get to even breaking down the bracket, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Today's episode is also brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is only just a couple of weeks away. In fact, Selection Sunday is less than a week away, which is just absolutely insane to think about. Best time of the year. Really excited about it. You guys, if you haven't already, you need to really start thinking about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. We've done our homework here at Locked On Kentucky, and we've decided that we're running our brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, RunYourPool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. Both are very fun in their own way, and they have options to edit scoring as well as more intel to make your picks. It's all stuff that you won't find at ESPN or CBS. And if you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you make some of that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups that you will ever find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's simply no truer test than that. And if you want to play against us for a, sh- a shot at a cash prize, you can join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're, while you're there, you can create your own pool for your friends and your family. You can enter uh, code pure madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. All right, continuing along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you. Obviously, uh, the postseason is officially up, uh, upon us. Again, can't overstate it. I'm so excited about this time of year with March Madness and, and all the different conference tournaments. And we're going to ho- go ahead and get into the SEC tournament. The bracket has been set. If you're watching on YouTube, I've got it with me right here. We're going to predict this tomorrow. Uh, so make sure you you, uh, you subscribe if you're on, uh, on the Locked On Kentucky YouTube. Turn your notifications on so that you get notified when the episode comes out uh, tomorrow. And then if you're listening on podcast format, make sure you subscribe or follow the podcast. And if you want to drop a review, would love to hear your thoughts on the show. Auburn clinched the title with a win over South Carolina uh, on Saturday. So they will be the number one seed Tennessee, after a loss to, no, they did, they beat Arkansas. Jeez, I'm getting so many different games flipped in my mind right now. They beat Tennessee, or excuse me, they beat Arkansas. So Tennessee will be the number two seed. Kentucky is the number three seed. And Arkansas is the number four seed. I'm so excited. I'm having a stroke on camera. Kentucky's draw in the SEC tournament. We teased it at the very beginning of the episode. I believe it's pretty decent. Now, is it the best draw out of the top four teams in the SEC? Well, let's go ahead and... And look at the bracket right here. So the two first round games, Wednesday, March 9th, Ole Miss, 
the 13th seed against the 12th seed, Missouri. This game's going to be at 6 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be on the SEC Network. This is the first game of the entire bracket, number 13 Ole Miss, number 12 Missouri. Uh, that's going to be, I don't think it's going to be a very interesting game. I don't think a lot of people are going to be watching that one, but I mean, it's it's college basketball tournament time. I guarantee you that a lot of people are going to be at least interested in, in, in the final result. And in the second game on the first round, uh, Georgia, the 14th seed, set an SEC record for losses in a season at 25. Good job, Tom Cream. Uh, and then Georgia will be playing the 11th seed, Vanderbilt. That will be 25 minutes after game one. That is game two. Both of those games, Ole Miss versus Missouri and Georgia versus Vanderbilt, are on the first day of the SEC tournament, March 9th. The second round of the SEC tournament uh, is going to be Pretty interesting, in my opinion. Number nine, Florida takes on number eight, Texas A&M. This is Thursday, March 10th, the very next day. Number nine, Florida will take on number eight, Texas A&M at 12 p.m. Eastern time. And then number five, LSU will take on the winner of Ole Miss versus Missouri. That will be game four. Game five, number 10, Mississippi State versus number seven, South Carolina. Could be an interesting matchup there. That is at six o'clock Eastern time. That is game five of the SEC tournament. And then game six, Alabama, the sixth seed, will take on the winner of Georgia versus Vanderbilt. If George, if Alabama does not win that game and win it handily, whoever they happen to play, I'm going to be shocked. I'm going to be shocked. And then you look at the quarterfinals Friday, March 11th. Uh, Auburn will take on the winner of Florida A&M. Arkansas will take on the winner of game four. Tennessee will take on the winner of Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Kentucky will take on the winner of of game six. So let's go through the top four seeds and their draw. In my opinion, I think Tennessee, the two seed, has the best draw out of anybody, at least on paper. Let's go ahead and break that down. So Tennessee, the ninth game of the bracket, they got a double bye in the SEC tournament, so they'll be playing in the quarterfinals. They will play the winner of Mississippi State or South Carolina. Both of those teams offensively have struggled at times this year. They're not good at or particularly good at much of anything, but neither of them can shoot the three ball, which Tennessee has the ability to do at least to some extent. I think Tennessee simply has more athletes. I think they've got more depth, especially at guard, than both Mississippi State and South Carolina. If Mississippi State beats the Gamecocks, that'll be kind of fun to see how the front court of State matches up with the front court of Tennessee. Tennessee's got a little bit of length, not a ton of experience in the front court, but uh, they've got some interesting matchups that could spawn from that game as well. But if Tennessee plays Mississippi State or South Carolina, I would expect them to be favored and probably win that game. And then Tennessee would take on potentially Kentucky or Alabama or Vanderbilt. Uh, whoever be whoever wins the, the Alabama matchup, they will probably lose to Kentucky, I would assume, because when you look at the Kentucky draw, which I think, well, let's go ahead and get to it, is the second best draw of the tournament. Uh, so it, let's say Georgia loses to Vanderbilt, and, it, and Vanderbilt advances. If they play Alabama, that could be a really fun game. I think Vanderbilt, I think there's upset potential there. But either way, Alabama or Vanderbilt, I think they're going to be beat up a little bit Heading into the Kentucky matchup, Kentucky will be will will have a few days here to rest and really game plan for one of those opponents. I doubt Georgia, or I bet I doubt Kentucky's really uh, game planning for Georgia much at all. But if Georgia wins that game, I may just quit the show. I may quit the show. Uh, I I would be if I was a betting man, uh, I would put money on Vanderbilt to win that game. 
Uh, and I, I would I would feel pretty confident in that and watch us come back on like Thursday and be like, well, Vanderbilt lost. I'm an idiot. Uh, but but yeah, I think that Kentucky will get a matchup potentially with Alabama. That could be an interesting game. It's obviously, I think, more difficult than playing Mississippi State or South Carolina, duh, because it's a higher seed, Lance, you moron. But if Kentucky survives Alabama, they will then have to play Tennessee. And we saw how that turned out last time these two teams met. It's going to be at a neutral site. So that's going to make it more competitive. But again, Tennessee, just a really tough out. And then Kentucky, after that point, would have to play what would likely be Auburn, Auburn or Arkansas. And I just, Kentucky is, is, has, has a really good shot to win this tournament, don't get me wrong, but it's not as easy of a draw as Tennessee when you look at the fact like they get an easy game to start things out. And, uh, and then after that, I mean, you, you'll, you'll feel, I don't think Kentucky, Tennessee will feel as as hurt as Kentucky will be heading into that semifinal matchup Saturday, March 12th. I just don't think that's going to be the case. I think the Vols are going to be more refreshed than the Wildcats will. Now, will Kentucky win that game? I think they've got a legitimate shot to do so. That's I'm not saying that they're going to lose that matchup. I'm just saying that Tennessee will probably be in better shape in that semifinal matchup. And then after that point, I mean, you're getting to play Auburn or Arkansas, which you have already beaten if you're the Volunteers, right, at different points this season. So, I mean, I think Tennessee's got the best draw. Kentucky's got the second or second best. Auburn, when you look at their matchup, obviously they've been on a little bit of a skid here as the season has come to the clo- to a close. They lost to Florida already. How would they perform against the Gators in a neutral site? And then Texas A&M right now is playing pretty good basketball. They're shooting pretty well right now. So either eight or, or nine that the Tigers would have to match up with, I think would be very difficult. And also it's an early game and uh, nobody likes to get up for early games, not even me. And, and so you look at Auburn's matchup, uh, Auburn's draw, I mean, all things considered, it's not as bad as Arkansas's, but you get a matchup that you don't really like. I mean, it's definitely not one that you hate, but it's not one that you like. And then you would most, most likely have to play Arkansas or LSU, and that's going to be a game where you really have to grind it out. And then if you win that game, you have to play Tennessee or Kentucky most likely. That's not going to be very fun. Again, these are all projections here. I'm just saying that on paper, this is what I think about these individual matchups. And then finally, we'll get to Arkansas's matchup here real quick. So Arkansas will have to play either LSU, Missouri, or Ole Miss. I don't think that Ole Miss or LSU are going to beat, or Ole Miss or Missouri is going to beat LSU. I think LSU is going to advance to the, sim, uh, to the quarterfinals and play Arkansas. That game is going to be very fun. Um, I think that game is going to be a really, really fun matchup. We got to see these two teams at Bud Walton Arena really du- duke it out. Uh, officials took over late in that game. Props to the officials. Um, it, it should be a really fun matchup. Game eight of the quarterfinals. Arkansas, if they happen to win that game against LSU, that is going to be a dogfight. Then they have to get up and play either Florida, Texas A&M, or Auburn. I'm going to be honest with you. All three of those games in their own ways will be dogfights as well. It's a very tough SEC tournament this this year. Uh, so for, for Arkansas, this four seed is especially having to play Auburn, if they beat Auburn or A&M or Florida in, in, in the case that they beat the Tigers, they would then have to advance and then play likely Tennessee or Kentucky. I mean, I know you've got J.D. Note, and I know you've got Jalen Williams, and I know that you've got a really good head coach, and I know that you've been playing like your hair's on fire recently, but you did just go and lose to the Volunteers in a, in a game where the first half you simply couldn't stop anything. I mean, what happens if Auburn all of a sudden just figures out that they can shoot again? Like they did in non-conference play. What if all of a sudden you get to that that uh, that game against LSU, 
and Xavier Pinson shooting better than he has all season. What happens when you when you go up against a team that knows how to play a little bit of, a, of, of offense? I think the Razorbacks could struggle, especially considering game after game after game in this tournament could just physically be a beatdown for them. So that's a look at the top four seeds and their draw and just the entire tournament. I hope that you were able to keep up uh, with it. I'll probably drop a link in the description of this podcast and in, on the YouTube video to the bracket so you guys can take a look at it if you haven't already. I mean, assume I assume that you have. Um, but there's a look at the SEC basketball uh, tournament bracket. We're going to predict it on tomorrow's episode. Uh, and I, I want to say this here before we move on real quick. Um, I will be I will be in Tampa covering the SEC tournament uh, this uh, this weekend. I'll be there starting Friday. And if you guys, I'm going to try and get a segment in before I leave where I answer a bunch of, of listener questions. So if you guys have any questions about the team, individual players, like, well, how could we handle things with this player? How could how should we handle things with the bench, the rotation? What do you think about this? If you've got any questions about the football team, drop them in the YouTube comments below. If you're listening on podcast format, you can head over to my Twitter at LockedOnUK. You can t- tag me in a, in, a, in a question. I want to hear from you guys. I also dropped a, a question, uh, a similar question on Cats Illustrated's Rup Rafters. Uh, it's a message board over there. Just want to get you want to get y'all's thoughts. I don't want to get a segment where I just answer questions about what y'all think about what's going on with the team uh, and maybe anything else that's going on in the Kentucky athletics world. Speaking of other things happening in the Kentucky athletics world, yeah, Kentucky's women's team just went and won four games in a row in the SEC tournament, and they won the title. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but before we do that, want to tell you guys about our friends at Stat Hero, man. I really, really love March Madness, and I really, really love making brackets, but it, to be honest with you guys, it's actually been a while since I've actually gone deep with a, with a legitimate bracket or ever even won any money. But this year, I'm hedging my bets with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em Contest. Stat, Stat Heroes NCAA Single Game Pick'ems pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports Gambling, you can start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players that you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing within minutes. Guys, this exactly right here is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. You can sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit, uh, deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on for a 100% Match that's stathero.com slash locked on one more time promo code locked on terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that pretty much everybody, including myself, uh, we've given up on New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, and it's all thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them and they're healthy, they're low in calorie. 
uh, calories and they're high in protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. They are simply better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 cal- calories, and most built bars contain only about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Again, you can compare, compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They will make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time with all the different amazing flavors that they have to offer. And you can go to Built.com right now and you can use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, you can use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Uh, Really appreciate you guys sticking around this long. If you're still listening to the episode, make sure that you check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown March 14th right here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast feed and the YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup. It's going to be a lot of fun. You guys are going to make sure that you check that out. All right, to wrap up the show here, wanted to talk about something that we've not talked about simply all season, which is Kentucky women's basketball. They headed, they they started the tournament, the SEC tournament as a seven seed. They entered 16-11 and 8-8 eight and eight in conference play. Not a terrible season. Um, there have been points at this year where Kentucky was in the top 25, and there was just simply at points what seemed like a little bit of a lack of discipline down the stretch. And at points during games, it seems like the team was a little bit frustrating to watch, but they started to really put it together. They started to win some more games, and they headed into this tournament again as the seventh seed, and they beat 15-14 and 14 Mississippi State. Then they beat number six LSU, and I'm not saying six is in sixth seed. I mean like six is in they were ranked sixth in the country. LSU was a two seed. They were 25-5, and five. and then the Wildcats beat Number 18, Tennessee, who was a three seed, who was 22-7. and seven. And then in the SEC championship game, Kentucky at one point was down by 15 points in the second half to, to South Carolina, who is not only the number one seed in the SEC tournament, but they're also the number one team in the nation, according to the AP poll. And then Kentucky roared back in the second half um, and, then, and then won the game eventually. 64-62 to 62 was the final score. South Carolina was 29-1 and heading into that game with the Wildcats. And then Kentucky bested them. A really, really solid fourth quarter from the Wildcats. Absolutely clamped down on defense for the final two or three minutes of the game. Uh, did a really, really good job of guarding South Carolina star player Boston. And uh, then as well, getting, uh, getting buckets in transition. And then Dre Edwards um, hit the game-winning three after South Carolina missed two free throws to potentially go up by three. It was 61-62. And then Kentucky, uh, with, with Dre Edwards, made a, an open three. Uh, and she absolutely went off in this game, by the way. Made the three with about four seconds left. South Carolina didn't have any timeouts. They rushed the ball up to the half-court line and fogged one up. It was off, and South Carolina lost. Kentucky won the SEC tournament. It was really, really hype. I'll say this though: the officials in this game, and I know that I talk, I know I complain a lot about officiating college basketball. To be quite honest with you, some of the officiating this that's been happening recently, I've not really been complaining about, especially whenever it comes to Kentucky games specifically. The officials sold in the second half of this game. 
I mean, there were so many different times where you could have called a foul based on things that the officials had done earlier in the game, and they just let things go. For instance, one time, I, I forget which Kentucky – no, it was it was Aaliyah Boston. I believe that's her name, the star player for South Carolina. She was driving on the left side, and she she absolutely threw a Kentucky player to the, to the floor. And in any world, in the men's basketball sphere – and that would have been a charge and a half. Based on the way they've been, they've been calling charges this season, they might have given that, that girl two or three charges. It would have been like, that's two personal fouls because that was, that was aggressive. Like, just elbowed her all the way to the dirt. Nothing was called. Just slammed her into the wooden floor. Nothing was called. And then on the very, uh, very other end, just a few plays later, uh, there was just a bogus soft uh, charge call by the officials, and it was so weird. It's because, like, okay, let's say that is a charge, right? Then why on earth was what Boston did to that Kentucky player just literally a minute or so ago? Why is that not a charge? By the way, South Carolina went almost the entire fourth quarter without committing a foul. There were so many different points where it's just like, you could have called that a foul based on the way you've been calling this game. They they sold. They sold. Uh, just to look at some of the numbers here really quickly for you, Aaliyah Boston for South Carolina did finish with uh, 21 points. Both teams shot over 40% from three, which I thought was personally impressive considering uh, the the nation's leader and three-point percentage, I believe, is about 35.5% in women's college basketball, shooting like 35.5% from three per game. The fact that both these teams shot over 40% from three today was or just a couple, a couple of, of uh, days ago. It was really impressive. Uh, Ryan Howard uh, for the Kentucky Wildcats finished with 18 points, 7 of 10 from the free throw line, 5 of 14 from the field. And then uh, Dre Edwards, 11 of 21 from the floor, 3 of 5 from 3, including the game. Winner at the very end, 27 points, 9 rebounds, uh, 1 block, and an assist as well. Really impressive stuff from the Kentucky Wildcats women's team. I will see if I can get in a little bit of talk here about their t- their uh, their chances in the NCAA tournament the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. See if I can get some uh, conversation going about that, uh, going on about that uh, here in just a few days. Hey, thanks again for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we will be, again, like I mentioned earlier, we're going to be predicting the SEC tournament. We're going to be looking back on uh, Kentucky's regular season. And we're going to talk about Sky Clark and why his loss, his decommitment for the Wildcats is not as big as some people may think it is. Now make your second listen today, Locked On NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL quarterback Eric Crocker. Uh, They bring the NFL Draft to life every single day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show, our show, on Twitter at LockedOnUK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDaw underscore, and you can follow uh, the show on Instagram, at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments or hit me on the socials if you're listening on podcast format. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody, and God bless.